0: The Victorians are weird. Did you know that Queen Victoria kept a daily diary? Her diaries were digitized and made accessible online a few years ago, so you yourself can go back through the excitement and modernity of her daily life. Imagine, if you will, our dear Queen Victoria, rising to start the day from her bedchamber at Windsor Castle. A chambermaid draws the curtains, and Victoria unplugs her iPad from its charger and launches Twitter. The world around her continues as maids and footmen and other people bring her newspapers and breakfast and whatever. There she is, scrolling through her Twitter feed, just like us. The Victorians are weird, but are we any different? Welcome to Museum Chat Live a fairly regular podcast series brought to you by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Center. We're bringing you all things to do with St. Catharines, our history, and what's going on at our museum. Our community is filled with diverse stories, and we recognize that our story begins with the Indigenous peoples of this land. We acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on lands that have been inhabited by Indigenous peoples for millennia, and we would like to honor the centuries of Indigenous peoples who walked on Turtle Island before us. Welcome to the third and final episode of a special three-part miniseries examining the museum's exhibit, Victorian Tweets, and the people who inspired it, the Victorians. The series is hosted by me, Adrian Petrie, Visitor Services Coordinator at the St. Catharines Museum. Victorian Tweets juxtaposes daily Victorian life found in newspapers, diaries, letters, and ephemera against the modern Twitterverse. The archival documents found in the exhibit, and included here in our special podcast series, are interesting, quirky, mundane, snappy, rude, and pointless, just like Twitter. As modern progressive people of the 21st century, we enjoy a certain distance from the romanticized and contradictory Victorian period, but are we really that different from our Victorian ancestors? On this third and final episode of the special podcast series, I'll finally tell you what I think about our postmodern status as non-Victorians. But first, a message about some of our upcoming programs. researching, and preserving your family history is challenging work. As museum professionals, we get it. What do you do with those old photographs, your mother's silverware, or your wedding gown? How do you record the stories that have been in your family forever, before it's too late? The St. Catharines Museum wants to help you with these questions. We're offering a two-day virtual workshop to help you figure out how to organize and care for the information and materials in your own family collections. Join us remotely on Saturdays, October 24th and November 7th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. from a screen and into the comfort of your home St. Catharines Museum staff will guide you through how to organize and keep track of your family records and photographs, how to care for and store family heirlooms and special collectibles, and how to write and record your family story. Registration is $50 per person and spots are limited. Register today by calling the museum at 905-984-8880 or reach out by email museum at stcatharines.ca. I'm starting off this episode with tweets, since I wanted to delay your satisfaction of hearing the answer to the question that has led this three-episode journey. However, I picked some tweets to share here that will probably give away my answer, if you haven't already guessed based on the last two episodes. Take a listen and see if you can draw any parallels to Twitter and to modern life. Stay tuned after the tweets for an answer to our question. Are we really that different from the Victorians? Sending a big thank you to
1: everyone who came to the market this morning. Hashtag shop local. Hashtag local. Hashtag local produce. Work on the new passenger elevator for Mestel owing to the non-arrival of the shaft and other necessary material. The elevator will doubtless be running, however, by the last of next week. Evening Star, May 11th,
0: 1888. Ask For canals and railroads, at Charles Tupper, M.P. For an answer to my question regarding canal industry and hashtags in Catharines, he chose not to respond. This government's contempt of our city is disgusting,
1: Mr. Rykert. I inquire as to whether the attention of the government has been drawn to the fact that no provision has been made for the turn of vessels of 100 feet keel, and if so, whether it is the intention of the government to remedy this serious defect before the final completion of the canal. Sir Charles Tupper, the principal business on this canal, for a number of years at least, must be through trade, Therefore, there will be no mills or factories or other places where vessels will be at all likely to unload or receive cargo on the new line, which is about one mile and a half from the Old Canal, except at Port Dalhousie and near the town of Thorold. The local businesses between St. Catharines and Lake Ontario will, in all probability, be done by the old route for years, in all events that seem to the opinion of the corporation and those gentlemen who have been made application for the second lock of the old line to be enlarged. It has therefore not been considered necessary to incur the expense of forming a basin of the capacity for the largest class of vessels to turn round in so much as the works for that purpose can be done at any future time with equal advantage as when forming the canal. The new channel is nowhere less than a hundred feet wide at bottom and in short reaches where there is a curve in the line the width is great so that small vessels can be turned around anywhere. If a period of 10 or 12 years is likely to elapse before the local trade would derive any benefit from the outlay necessary to form a basin for large vessels to turn round, the interest on the amount would, by that time, be nearly, if not wholly, sufficient to do the work. Besides, the inconvenience of floating or other unwildly bridge on the towing path for that period will be avoided. Reichert. This is an argument, not an answer to my question. Tupper. I have not presented an argument, but simply given the Honourable Member an answer, and the reasons for the answer. I have said that there are no such places on the canal. Debate from the House of Commons, February 8th, 1881. Please be advised our passenger elevator is currently out of order. We apologize for any inconvenience. The market this morning was very largely attended. The supply of rhubarb, lettuce, and many other kinds of greens was surprisingly large. Butter sold for 22 cents. Eggs, 15 cents. A large amount of bacon, hams, and other kinds of dried meats were on the farmer's wagons. Daily Times, April 29, 1871. Thank goodness folks had enough sense to not make any noise marking the new year. It is Sunday after all, and Sundays should be quiet. Hashtag, Happy New Year. January 1st. No gun or noise announced the new year. It is Sunday, quiet as it should be. It was a beautiful, clear morning, and I thought myself sufficiently recovered to go to church until everyone remarked how cold it is. I feared the change might be too much from this warm house, and I still have a little cough, and whenever the cold air strikes me, it brings it on, and I gave up going. The children came over to wish Grandma a happy new year. Hamilton stayed an hour, and I showed him pictures and went over there early, as Jay was alone and stayed to dinner. I went upstairs to see the little one who is beginning to walk. She appears quiet, recovered from the breaking of her collarbone by a fall out of her jumper. How many New Years have come and gone with me, and I can't expect to see many more. I don't feel anxious about it. I know my time in his hands, who careth for me, and I trust
0: his time is best. Entry January 1st 1851. Hi everyone it's Adrian here at the museum. We are so excited to welcome you back to the virtual museum lecture series presented by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Center this fall. We had an incredibly fun and successful spring series featuring stories of horses, shipyards, memorials, canal builders, and freedom seekers. Now we're back after a little summer break, with new and exciting historical adventures to fill your Tuesday evenings. Join us this fall and mark your calendars for a great lineup of local history lectures you can enjoy from the comfort of your home. September is all about our annual Guided Spirit Walks at Victoria Lawn Cemetery. We'll have historian Adam Montgomery kick off the series on September 15th with a lecture about cemeteries and monuments, with a focus on Victoria Lawn Cemetery. Then... I'll be here on September 29th with a special behind-the-scenes look at our virtual presentation of the annual tours through Victoria Lawn, featuring stories and memories from the cast and crew of our guided spirit walks. October is just as exciting and will feature another special guest, Natasha Henry, historian and president of the Ontario Black History Society. Natasha will be giving a talk on the history of Ontario's racially segregated schools on October 13th. On October 27th, I'll be back to discuss the somewhat lost and mostly forgotten history of the Third Welland Canal. On November 10th, we'll present our emotional and touching First World War series, Stories from the Front, with stories from our collection about experiences at home and at the front from St. Catharines. On November 24th, I'll be joined by our public programmer Sarah Nixon to discuss a report commissioned by the United States Congress Freedmen's Inquiry Commission, written by Samuel Gridley Howe in 1863 on the condition of freedom seekers in Canada. Local interviews with both freedom seekers and recognizable names of the city's established businessmen opens up new histories we aren't used to hearing. And finally, on December 8th, our curator Kathleen Powell will present a talk on local fashion and our new exhibit, Marking Time, which features important moments of life and the textiles that go with them. Join us this fall and mark your calendars for an exciting virtual museum lecture series. Register by donation by calling the museum at 905-984-8880 or by emailing the museum at museum at stcatharines.ca. Here we are at the end of our three-part Victorian Tweets mini-series about our exhibit Examining the Lives of the Victorians. Throughout the exhibit and throughout this podcast, I have asked the question, are we really that different from the Victorians as we'd like to believe? The answer? No. We really aren't that different from the Victorians. My evidence? The tweets and sources researched and selected for the exhibit and the ones I've included in this podcast miniseries reveal striking similarities to our society today, magnified and broadcast to and through the world by social media. So, while we are certainly leaps and bounds far more progressive than our Victorian ancestors, we are equally contradictory and performative, and I think that future historians, say a century in the future, will find the same. The age of the Industrial Revolution and new scientific discoveries was also an age of great poverty and wealth disparity. The age of abolition and emancipation was also the age of increasingly specific and restrictive roles for women in society. The age of Christian charity was the age of industrial child labor. Victorian life was contradictory and performative. A strict social code of conduct existed, and if you didn't fit or live inside of it, you were an outsider. Class and money were the foundation of the system, but gender and age were important to the code. Most important to the code was its contradictions, which made it harder to follow and to understand. It's part of the challenge historians have in pinning down and agreeing on what the Victorian era was really like. It will likely be the same when we're long gone. The Victorian era, with its explosion of printed material, left us plenty of sources to collect and examine, from newspapers to grocery bills, which leads us to believe that we have a pretty good handle on the Victorian mind. But do we? The Library of Congress began collecting tweets in 2006. By 2013, the archived tweets numbered 170 billion. They stopped collecting individual tweets in the fall of 2017. Looking at our own society, we can see similar trends. Social scientists argue that our lives remain contradictory and performative and these performances have only been exaggerated and magnified by how we present ourselves through social media. How much editing and self-censoring do we engage in, minute to minute of our entire lives? How much of the real you is out there in any form of media that we could label it an accurate representation of you and your daily life? It's the representation of what you want it to be, sure. But is it accurate to reality? And what about life offline? We still all have roles to fulfill. We remain in a constant battle with those poor historians in the future who will have an even more difficult time pinning down the early 21st century than we have had defining the Victorian era. As humans, we have a need to put things in a box or a category. Exceptions to the rules can be difficult. But that's precisely what bothers me about our interpretation of the Victorian period. We visit a historic house or read a book from the Victorian period and assume, aha, that's how it was. Well, no, that's how it was for that person or place. It would be like reading one primary source and assuming that it represented an entire people across an entire era. That's what the experience of the Victorian tweets exhibit is all about. Through that lens of Twitter, the wider perspectives from the Victorian period Inform our own worldview. The exhibit challenges us to reconsider our predisposed ideas about those romanticized Victorian images in our heads and challenge our own perceptions of our own lives as postmodernist Elizabethans. I'm sure you don't need to think too hard about the contradictions that exist in our society. The Victorians weren't perfect, and neither are we. Our contradictions may be of a Different substance, and our technological revolutions and scientific developments may mean we consider ourselves superior, but so did the Victorians. We are contradictory just as they were, we are superior just as they were, we are performative just as they were. And it is in that way that we really aren't that different from the Victorians. Thank you so much for joining me on this little meet and greet with the victorians send us your comments ideas and examples of victorian contradictions via facebook.com slash st Catharines museum and at sdc museum on twitter and instagram special thanks to our readers staff members sarah nixon and lauren curtis and volunteers des corin kathy leblanc and brenda schultz our look back into the victorian period doesn't end here Victorian Tweets is on display now through March 2021 at the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Centre, open daily to the public by donation. If you can't make it in, check out the virtual exhibition found on our blog, stcatharinesmuseumblog.com. Museum Chat Live is brought to you by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Centre and the City of St. Catharines.